April 28th was Workers' Memorial Day. Every year since 1989, workers around the world have paused on April 28th to remember and honor those who have been killed, disabled, injured, or made unwell by their work. It's both a reminder of the dangers many workers face and a renewal of organized laborers and working people's commitment to, in the words of labor radical Mother Jones, mourn the dead and fight like hell for the living. Kosh, the Council for Occupational Safety and Health, is a national organization that fights for safe and healthy working conditions for all working people through organizing and advocacy. On April 27th, Kosh announced its annual Dirty Dozen Unsafe Employers for 2022. You can find the full Dirty Dozen report at www.koshnetwork.org. Peter Dooley is the Safety and Health Senior Project Coordinator for National Kosh. He worked as a health and safety specialist at the United Auto Workers Union for 20 years and has consulted for many other unions and organizations on occupational safety issues. I got to know Peter when I also worked at the UAW in Detroit as assistant editor of the union magazine, Solidarity. We've stayed in touch since those days and have even fly fished together on occasion. Peter Dooley, welcome to the Radical Songbook Podcast. Well, it's wonderful to be here, Michael. Thank you for the invite. Yeah, I appreciate it very much. Uh, it's an important topic, and uh, so we'll get right to it. Um, but b- before we go get into this year, so this is not the first year that Kosh has, uh, has, has announced or, report, or issued a report on a dirty dozen. You've been doing this for a few years now, correct? We've been doing it for at least a decade steady, uh, this last decade, but we actually started, uh, started the first one in 2006, um, back when we were a very small operation. And, uh, we've been, you know, working on it really ever since in terms of trying to highlight, um, really how preventable um, you know, these worker injuries and illnesses are, and some of the names of the companies behind, um, you know, those bad practices that result in in workers being killed on a job or injured and made ill. Yeah, so let's get right into it then. The Dirty Dozen list of employers that puts workers and communities at risk every day, and some of these employers uh, will be very well known to listeners, and others perhaps not so well-known, but known on a regional basis uh, in different parts of the country. Who are they, and why do they deserve this dubious distinction? Well, Michael, they, they, again, as you mentioned, they are uh, big-name corporations uh, as well as smaller employers that get identified, you know, as as examples of uh, employers that that don't do enough to uh, put in programs to protect their workers. Um, and and they're, they're really, um, uh, you know, sort of we highlight them to show that, uh, you know, these, these uh, program, health and safety programs can be put in place um, by employers, and all too often they're not. And, but also on the other side, it's, it's, it's also a profile of workers that are standing up against um, the abuse 
that happens in the workplace regarding health and safety. And many of these employers um, are, are places where workers are organizing and fighting back and, and, and really calling out um, the uh, sort of the, the deficiencies in their, in their employers' programs. Uh, so it's kind of a, it's, it's sort of a twofer for us, you know. Um, we get to, uh, to, to name some of the bad actors, but also highlight the workers that are, that are courageous and standing up and fighting together and organizing. So, so some examples, uh, and I'll, I'll start with the, you know, the bigger name uh, companies, um, to, just to give you an idea of uh, sort of some, you know, some of the issues behind this listing of being dishonored. <laughs> Uh, on our, our, our list of, of dishonorable, dishonorable mention. Uh, Amazon, a uh, good example. Um, this, is, this is the third time Amazon has made our list, um, which is the most of any, of any company, by the way. Um, and, and it's because Amazon uh, continues to have a program um, that, that really uh, creates a, a lot of uh, work stress for the employees. Um, they, uh, the pace of work uh, is, um, is something that uh, literally cripples workers by uh, the kind of repetitive tasks they, that they do. And there's a, whole, there's a pattern of uh, workplace uh, deaths uh, that have occurred at Amazon workplaces over the years, uh, including recently uh, some deaths that were reported in the Bessemer warehouse um, that was the focus of an organizing campaign. Um, and it's really one of the really interesting things about uh, when we look at these tragedies. Uh, for example, in, in Amazon, the, the, the timing of the deaths are, are often, of course, in their busiest season. Um, sort of leading up to the holidays uh, from September all the way you know, through into the following January, uh, is when they've had sort of a pattern of the most deaths. They also have an incredibly high uh, injury record. Um, again, it, uh, many injuries that uh, are really disabling injuries um, you know, to, to, to their workers, which I know that a lot of people have heard a lot about. Um, so, so that's one example. Um, and, and, and if I could just add that health and safety was a critical issue in the organizing by the Amazon Labor Union uh, at the Staten Island, New York warehouse. Uh, isn't that correct? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. A huge issue, which, which is not uh, unusual in the sense that uh, workplace health and safety has more and more become uh, a, uh, one of the major issues about why workers do get together and start you know, standing up for their own rights. Um, and, and, and organize together. Uh, so absolutely. And, and again, the work pace um, and ways in which um, the health and safety program um, is not adequate enough is, is, is a huge issue within the all Amazon workplaces, including Staten Island. Uh, so absolutely. Yeah. And, and which and, uh, is actually very similar to the next, um, the next bigger company, Starbucks uh, on the list. Uh, so Starbucks um, has had a terrible reputation during the pandemic. 
for um, uh, sort of being a, a retail operation that, that has not uh, done enough to protect its workers uh, in the face of all of the public um, interface that they have. Uh, we know that, you know, essential workers in general have uh, really sort of um, paid the price, the ultimate price in many cases with their lives um, being, uh, you know, basically being forced to, to be working during the pandemic in situations where they had a lot of exposure uh, to, uh, to, the, to the public and therefore the virus. Um, and, and at every turn, Starbucks would always put the, um, the, the customer first rather than the worker health and safety. And, and, and of course, like, like most of these situations, workers know the inside story about how things happen, right? I mean, they're the ones who really know what it takes to get the job done. And Starbucks workers, uh, by and large, know that um, when it came to all of these issues about, you know, can, you know, can, can workers be better protected um, you know, from the public that they serve, uh, Starbucks has taken the position that, um, you know, they, uh, they, they sort of give the, uh, the preference to, to, to the customer. Um, and again, resulting in workers uh, really fighting back, organizing. We actually have organizing activity going on right now here in, in Arizona. Um, and COVID has really uh, exposed so many of the uh, inequities uh, for workers uh, related to, you know, who gets, who gets put in the, the most hazardous jobs, um, and and what the company does or doesn't do to protect those workers doing those you know doing those jobs and like like every it's really important to to remember that all of this injury illness and and and, and deaths are preventable. Uh, we know how to prevent um, how to how to protect workers from from all these hazards. Yet in fact you know companies just keep on making the decision. Uh, to profit over safety. Yeah, and uh, in Starbucks, in, in my mind, uh, to a certain extent, is kind of a, a, a representative of uh, something that's kind of been endemic in the fast food industry, especially during the during the pandemic. I spoke with uh, local um, workers, young workers who were in small uh, fast food business, you know, uh, operations here in Central Oregon who were facing the same kinds of issues around their employer just ignoring COVID uh, and forcing them to uh, work in hazardous conditions. And, and this situation, you know, has, has always been there, but it has just been uh, highlighted and exacerbated by the pandemic. Absolutely. Next on the list here that I see is Dollar General. You got it. You got it. So, you know, Dollar General, this is, a, this is an example where the, the entire business model is basically a disaster waiting to happen, right? Dollar General is one of the fastest growing companies um, and, and specializing in, in, in having locations uh, in poor communities. Um, and, and unfortunately, you know, communities that, that have high crime rates 
and and therefore are very very vulnerable to uh, the violence happening in and around the stores. Um, and so, given that scenario, um, you know, workers need to be protected and can be protected from workplace violence situations. Um, there could be, you know, ex- you know, security measures put in place. There could be a whole plan to, to make sure that workers are protected um, in that environment that they're working. And instead, Dollar General does just the opposite. And again, of course, it's all, it all comes down to the almighty buck. Um, they, they, they routinely have workers, uh, working alone, uh, working at, you know, sort of at, uh, in, in night, you know, sort of, uh, nighttime situations, uh, without having, uh, protections in place and without having coworkers. The problems with staffing is a continuous theme through a lot of these, uh, employer situations. Um, and, and it's kind of an interesting, again, the flip side is a, uh, a manager, a, ma- a manager um, woman who uh, started really speaking out about these problems. Uh, she was working in the St. Louis area uh, and was, uh, again, left alone uh, in a workplace uh, in, in a Dollar General store. Um, and she started uh, going public on social media, including TikTok. Uh, of course, the company responded by trying to uh, ban her from speaking out, uh, which, of course, she just, uh, you know, used that as a, an, an energy to, uh, to, to sort of go, go more public. And she has become a, a superstar on TikTok um, with uh, millions of views and such. Um, and is uh, is really you know out uh, helping other workers realize the the situations that they're put, being put in. So yeah, good example where um, you know th- there there can be there there could be a whole plan a prevention plan put in place, but yet the company is not investing in, in workers in the worker health. Yeah, Dollar General sounds like another place where some some. Uh labor, some union organizing might be um, necessary. There, there is activity going on. There is, there, there is some activity going on uh, with, with organizing. Yes, yes. Yeah, so well, one of the problems with all three of these employers that we've, that we've mentioned, and it goes into uh, broader, broader issues, I understand, but it's just so much of this work is, is temporary or, or part-time or Work that people are doing out of necessity, not necessarily. It's not. This is not what one would call a career choice. This is a choice of what they need to do, and so it it puts them into a, a kind of a, a much more vulnerable sort of um, position in that regard. And and that you're right, Michael. And that, and that speaks to the you know the economy uh, that that we're all, you know, facing these days is more and more of this work is being, um, you know, know, contracted out or workers are often misclassified as being contractors. It might be temporary workers uh, or in industries that, um, you know, like you say, might not be a a lifetime employment situation, but... Uh, but nevertheless, it's a growing part of the economy. 
Um, yeah. and the, 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 you know, the, the, one, the thing about worker health and safety is that it's, a, it's the great equalizer of worker rights. Because no matter what you're doing, no matter what your, your, your pay, you know, your, your level of pay is, no matter what your, um, you know, title is, you are legally entitled to a safe workplace. Um, a workplace that, that is, you know, is, is not going to injure you or make you ill when, when you get back home. Um, and so it's a powerful right to be organizing workers around because um, it really does, um, you know, um, kind of cut through a lot of the um, a, a lot of a lot of the challenges that that workers often have to, to sort of get dignity on the job and get better benefits and get better pay. Um, but no matter what situation you're in, you have the legal right. Uh, and the moral right and the civil right to, to have a, a safe workplace. Uh, another one of the larger employers that that you've uh, highlighted here in the, on this dishonor role, as it were, is uh, Hilton Hotel. Yep, yep. And here's a situation where a company that is is kind of using the pandemic as a way to. Um, you know, get concessions from workers and 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 make make workers' jobs harder, uh, literally. Where uh, using the whole um, you know kind of banner of um, um, of of the COVID, you know, protections from COVID, uh, the company has uh, basically put in a program to, uh, to to really have rooms clean less regularly by housekeepers um, and and therefore um, needing less housekeepers to uh, in, in the in the, the uh, resort industry um, and and really make those jobs harder for those workers not only harder but on you know unsafe um, and leading to in you know serious injuries and illnesses so um, the housekeepers that, that work for Hilton uh, are, are now forced with having to do more cleaning, do, doing it faster, um, and, and doing it under a lot more stressful conditions that result in injuries. It's, it's you know, it's incredible um, how, hard, how hard these jobs are. Um, when, 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 when you really talk to workers and, and, and understand what they're doing, the, um, the amount of effort that it takes to be doing, uh, to be cleaning a room, a, you know, a hotel room that in, in, in these situations have been left for days, uh, without getting clean, and then all of a sudden, um, they're turning it over for the next person to stay in. And they have a huge mess to be dealing with, and, and, and it's a lot of really hard, arduous work that results in serious injuries. I mean, I can't tell you how many people, how many housekeepers have serious, serious disabling back injuries. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're needing to, just making a bed the way they do is really, really hard work. Um, and uh, there's just a lot of serious back injuries, shoulder injuries, arm injuries, um, and so it's a it's a really bad situation. And, and this is an industry that, that um, exploits 
a lot of immigrants and people of color who are employed by uh, hotels like Hilton. Absolutely, absolutely, and and that's you know that's that's a, a theme throughout uh, this entire list, by the way, and 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 uh, uh, really, really one to you know sort of highlight and. Um, that that these hazardous jobs uh, are are often placed with work with workers workers of color uh, immigrant workers. Uh, this is an old story that's just getting getting worse as time goes on. Uh, obviously, uh, immigrant workers um, you know sort of being at a disadvantage to to uh, raise to, in many cases being able to. Uh, raise their voices, um, and and that's sort of used to uh, have you know sort of more dangerous conditions, and and it, and it plays out in 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 the the number of deaths, the number of injuries. I mean, this is this is very very concrete science about. Uh, it's obviously been very clear during the during the pandemic, uh, but throughout workplace health and safety, there's um, there's a huge disparity. That black, that black and brown, and, and workers of color uh, are at the highest danger of uh, deaths, injuries, um, and the whole gamut of uh, stressful conditions. Those are the top four that we've mentioned. There's eight additional members of the Dirty Dozen this year. They're somewhat regional, but if you could touch just briefly on each of them, and one in particular that I'm interested in because. Because I'm centered here in Oregon and have a lar- you know lar- large number of listeners here in Oregon is is Ernst's uh, Nursery and Farms, a farm worker who died uh, during the heat wave last summer. A lot of these eight are listed uh, because they're they're examples um, that highlight um, a uh, an issue, a, a health and safety hazard that is very very prominent uh, for, for a lot of workers, and also, again, uh, in many cases, examples of um, workers and, and the community uh, kind of fighting back and, um, and, and, and organizing for safer conditions. So Ernst um, is, is an example, um, like, as you mentioned, farm worker uh, died uh, during, during the heat wave in Oregon. And um, as part of the the company, and so the company the, the the company was cited by by OSHA, and part of the company's um, um, sort of argument about why they should be given a less fine for this workplace death that happened, they 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 basically char- basically characterize that the worker should have been more. Um, should have should have been uh, uh, changed their work pace uh, to to adapt to the heat. That it was really it's this blame the worker um, kind of reaction that we often see in workplace fatalities, um, where the the natu- you know sort of the, the first line of defense by employers is to basically shift the responsibility to to workers. And 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 that was actually captured um, in this um, you know sort of um, discussion with with the Oregon OSHA program, um, and it was just such a uh, deplorable 
uh, situation uh, where they were just trying to make excuses. And by the way, it's it's worth noting, um, you know, that that like a worker death, um, it, the average fine when companies are fined related to worker fatalities, the average fine is about five thousand dollars at the federal level. Uh, which is a very small, as you as you know, a very small price to pay for a company that was found in violation of uh, worker health and safety standards um, that contributed to the fatality. And um, it, it's even less at where, when uh, there's a state uh, a state OSHA like there is in Oregon, um, and uh, the, the average fine is almost is about half. Of the five thousand, uh, something like twenty five hundred uh, dollars for, for for a worker's life lost. Um, so so that just gives you a, a little bit of a sense of um, how um, the, the 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 consequences for companies that are on the list and in general that violate health and safety standards is is not enough. Um, now I I will say. That there is, uh, you know, as as a result of this incident and and other other situations around, um, you know, workers needing a, a new standard to be protected from heat. There is currently a whole campaign going on in Oregon to get stricter uh, requirements for a heat prevention program for for all workers in the state. Um, and and that's again, you know, the, the the silver lining of these tragedies is um, it does uh, inspire people to fight back, uh, workers and and their allies in the community. So 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 that's that's happening uh, currently. Um, so that's Ernst Nursery, um, and and it's a similar example in this uh, another. Another case, another company cited is Atlantic Coast Utilities, um, and uh, this is a company that um, literally uh, they, they were doing a construction job um, related uh, to um, installing uh, new pipelines and such, and they were digging trenches, and as a result of again not having a Good safety and health program on 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 site. Um, the um, two workers two workers were killed. Um, fairly young workers, uh, uh, working in their in their thirties and, and another one in their forties. Um, and and the backstory to this is that um, the city this was in the city of Boston, and the city of Boston has a very good program to. To, to literally try to uh, make sure that contractors who are doing uh, jobs like digging trenches um, have a good safety record. Um, and that was as a result of workers getting killed previously. In this case, Atlantic Coast literally falsified information about their safety record in order to get the job. As a result of getting the job, they ended up killing these two workers. So we got to learn lesson. Every worker that's killed or injured or made ill to figure out how to do this better and to prevent uh, other families and communities from losing uh, loved ones in these in these tragedies.
the next one is called Foundation Food Group slash Gold Creek Foods. This is a, a, a company that's uh, based in Georgia. It's a, it's a poultry operation. This was noted as an example of a, a bad employer in, in an industry that is one of the worst industries related to health and safety. Poultry industry and the meatpacking industry in general is notorious for being some of the most dangerous work and obviously is, is uh, staffed these days mostly by immigrant workers from all over, all over the world. This company had uh, a, uh, a nitrogen leak two years ago that killed six workers and they continue to have leaks, ammonia leaks and such, um, af even after OSHA had cited them uh, very severely, uh, and a lot of workers uh, stood up uh, to give testimony about the conditions in the plant, yet this company just keeps on uh, having incidents that put workers at risk. Um, uh, the next, the, the next uh, company on the list is, is, is Dakin America, um, where they documented uh, three workers getting um, killed from exposures to, uh, to hazardous chemicals. And, you know, the hazardous chemicals uh, situation in workplaces is, um, in many, many cases, just a horrific situation. Uh, situation where workers are being exposed to chemicals routinely um, on the job at times, hundreds of times the amounts that would be allowable to the general public. Um, and uh, and in, in this case, this, this, they were exposed to a, uh, a, a chemical that's used in the production of plastics. And um, they documented three workers getting killed from those exposures. Again, all of these situations are things we, we know, um, you know, how to how to protect workers from chemical exposures, um, and um, and it's just not, you know, it's just not being done in many workplaces. And this is one example. Um, and and the the next example is actually a. a Kind of, it's a, it's a continuation of that theme of chemical exposures, you know, hazardous chemical exposures to workers. Um, Kingspan Light and Air uh, is is a an operation um, that um, is um, one that they have uh, high levels of um, exposure to chemicals to, to, to chemicals and. Uh, and, and other uh, air pollution hazards, uh, whether it be welding fumes and, and various things related to the, this uh, production shop. Um, and and the, the story here is that workers uh, and uh, their, their, their union um, figured out a way to, um, to, to actually get, take air samples themselves. They, they 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 got some they they got some some outside help and they and they uh, even though the, you know the company was denying that they had any problem even though it was so obvious that the air quality was so bad these workers um, went in and actually was wearing these 
sampling devices got it uh, analyzed outside and got workers um, got 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 uh, experts to to verify that that their exposures were much uh, were, were much uh, dangerous, much more dangerous than than would be allowed in any kind of uh, you know public situation or whatever. Uh, so, so it was kind of a nice example of so workers fighting back uh, with their with their union to, to challenge a situation that was not uh, not acceptable. Um, the ne the next situation is a uh, is a is a really classic example, um, and it, and it's in the, the laundry industry. Uh, all over America, there's these commercial laundries that are doing um, very, very dangerous conditions in, in um, predominantly women, women of color uh, working in these laundries um, with lots of problems of uh, uh, hot environments, uh, chemicals being used, uh, you know, as far as cleaning agents. And, of course, during the last two years, um, the lack of um, uh, adequate protections against COVID. Um, so this Lyox um, cleaners uh, slash wash supply um, um, operation in, in New York, actually, in New York City. And um, when this classic example where workers, when, when workers started to organize around the issues um, that, that they were having related to COVID and, and heat exposure and toxic chemicals, um, the company just uh, closed down closed down the, the, the op, you know that particular operation, um, and the company shifted work to their other operations around in, in the metropolitan New York facility, uh, and of course workers with the help of a um, a uh, community group. Uh, and a worker advocate, uh, a worker advocate group, um, uh, have been fighting back, uh, and they're, you know, they're in the process of, uh, going through the whole procedure for, through the National Labor Relations Board. Uh, but, you know, as we know, many times that can take years. Um, so they, uh, they are winning, you know, they are winning their cases, uh, as, as they go along. You need to have more uh, more added consequences for employers that you know do these uh, maneuvers to to basically defer having justice come to to the workplace. You know that these workers are demanding. Next to last, dirty dozen dishonoree is uh, Mayfield Consumer Products which was one of the companies that was affected by the tornado um, that happened in, uh, in, in the Midwest, uh, in, in Kentucky, earlier this year, where, you know, where there was, there was um, a catastrophic environmental in, uh, event. Obviously, we're seeing more and more uh, related to tornadoes and hurricanes and Storms and, and, and such, but um, workplaces have to be prepared, um, you know, to, to deal with these things and to protect workers. In this case, Mayfield Consumer 
uh, not only wasn't prepared to deal with this with the tornado, which and this is in a tornado area of the country, they literally banned workers from leaving uh, that day, uh, earlier that day when there was warnings about this severe tornado uh, possibility in the area, and when workers uh, expressed concern and wanted to be leaving. Um, the company denied that, and uh, in the end, um, there were there were nine workers dead uh, in you know so in, in Kentucky during, you know, as a result of um, that uh, that disaster. The last and but not least is a um, a company called uh, Refresco, which is actually a worldwide bottling operation. Um, that uh, that does a lot of uh, work for the big uh, soft drink uh, operators, Coca-Cola and such. And the Refresco uh, plant uh, in New Jersey was working under conditions of severe situation with, uh, again, related to COVID. There's a lot of uh, amputations that had happened in these facilities over the years. Also, uh, a, a whole series of fires. These workers um, are fighting back. They're actually organizing with the UE union. And, of course, the, uh, the company has been, you know, trying to escape their responsibility. I think it's always important for those of us who consume in this country to remember that um, the food and the goods that we buy and use are produced by workers who often work in very, very dangerous conditions and deserve our, our support whenever possible. It's worth knowing that literally employers that have really outstanding health and safety programs or even adequate health and safety programs are the exception. I mean, people should know that most workers are facing severe hazards at their work. All workers, again, have the, have the, the legal right to have a safe workplace, but that's a rarity. It's very achievable. I mean, workers, you know, workers know what it, um, what it takes to get jobs done, and those, those, oper- you know, those, those jobs can be made safe, but it's simply um, a lack of being responsible and the lack of consequences if they don't, if employers don't pay enough attention to safety notes. So, uh, you know, listeners should know that uh, in your workplace, you should, you know, really be standing up and, and demanding health and safety on the job, and that this situation of unsafe conditions that result to serious injury and illness it doesn't get plastered on the front page of the newspaper uh, every day. It's, it's, you know, if, it's, if, if a worker gets killed, it's buried in the Section 3 back page. And, and at that time, it, it says there was a freak accident that happened. And, um, you know, somebody, OSHA is investigating it. Well, OSHA takes at least six months to investigate something. And in the end, that never gets reported out as to really what happened. So this is a real hidden, this is a hidden danger 
that is being that is faced by all workers, and it affects the community. Obviously, affects workers' families. We need to really be a community of support to make sure that workers are sort of getting what they're entitled to in terms of having safe conditions. I mean, we all see regularly just out, you know, when we're outdoors walking the street, we'll see a construction job happening or, or workers on a roof without any kind of protections for, uh, from if they were to fall. Those are violations of, of workplace health and safety laws. Um, and we need to be doing everything we can to, uh, to support workers uh, to demand their, their rights and, and, and stick, you know, have them uh, be able to stick up for themselves. How can National Caution, and you have a caution network, how can you work directly with workers to help them? As you mentioned before, we have a, a really very in-depth uh, website with a lot of resources for, for worker rights. The entire website, as well as all of our materials, are bilingual, uh, both Spanish and English. And there's uh, so there's a lot of education, a lot of education and training. We have uh, month monthly webinars. We regularly have programs helping workers figure out how to sort of organize around health and safety. Uh, and we have at least. 26 um, affiliated groups, including uh, one in, in Oregon, Northwest Workers' Justice uh, Project in Portland, uh, is, a re- is a local resource for, for workers around health and safety. There's uh, many things that can be done for, um, for workers to become more aware of their rights and, more, most importantly, how to, how to, how to Put those rights into into play um, and make demands from employers uh, as a concerted activity to to, to join in with uh, with coworkers um, and to be raising these concerns um, and, and and making improvements. So, listeners, it's www.koshnetwork.org and Kosh is C O S H. So, www. Network.org. Thank you so much, Peter, for spending the time um, with us here on the Radical Songbook. I always like to ask my um, guests if there's anything that we haven't covered that you want to talk about. I, I think one thing that you know that we that I didn't talk about is, is how big of a problem this is. Five thousand. This is in the U.S. Um, five. At least five thousand workers are killed instantly on job. These are traumatic industries, um, literally getting crushed in machinery, falling from you know heights, uh, and 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 just horrible, tragic events. Uh, five thousand. There's another estimated hundred thousand workers that die from it. From, as a result of exposure to uh, long-term hazards that they had on the job, uh, whether it's 20 years ago, um, getting exposed to something that's, that, that, that eventually causes cancer or, or other kinds of uh, respiratory hazards, dust, 
silica dust from construction is a good example. Um, so another 100,000 a year um, dying from those long-term hazards. Now, for the last two years, um, the estimates from worker um, deaths related to COVID are, for one thing, have, have really not been tracked by any governmental agency. Um, no one really knows the, 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 the exact toll of workers who contracted COVID from the job and died from it. Um, but, but we know that it's been a, 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 an enormous number. A very, very modest conservative estimate would be another 100,000 workers dying each year from the, um, the, the COVID uh, virus, you know, being contracted during, during work. Um, so, so that all adds up to an estimated, I mean, again, this is a very low-ball number, 560 workers a day that are dying from things that they got from trying to earn a living. And in spite of the fact that they have you know, the legal right to a, to a safe and healthy job, uh, the reality is that, that those, those legal rights are, are not being enforced enough. They're not being, there's not, there's not enough resources in these OSHA programs to, you know, to, to really do justice to the OSHA law. Um, the, the estimates, like for, for, for an OSHA inspector to go to every workplace range between 125 years to, uh, to 175 years uh, to, to inspect every workplace once. <laughs> That's how, you know, I mean, I, you know, it, it, it's laughable. So, and the bottom line is people shouldn't think, I remember when I was, when I, when I was a young person starting to work in, in construction jobs and in a refinery, I, I thought, oh, you know, if this stuff was really as, safe, as unsafe as it seemed, you know, OSHA would have shut it down. Nothing could be further than the truth. The only people that are going to make jobs safe is workers standing up for their rights and, and literally putting pressure on the employer to, to do the right thing, to do what's, you know, what's legally required. The system is going to really require workers literally having, um, you know, rights in, in their workplace, more rights to stand up and make workplaces safer. So, yeah, we got a lot of work to do, but, you know, we, we're, we're going to do it little by little, and this is a movement that's growing. Um, our movement at this National Kosh has been growing exponentially over the years, and uh, we're all going to stick together and, and, and organize. <laughs> right on. There's power in organization, sisters and brothers. So thank you so much, Peter Dooley, for uh, for joining me here on the Radical Songbook, and um, I really appreciate it. Thanks, Michael. I always enjoy being part of your programs. <laughs>